It's time for everybody's favorite show about the great state of Utah. It's the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, free defender of all that is woman, Jeremy, the daddest of dads, Jessica, producer extraordinaire, and Chris, pretend radio leader of the show. Well, it's episode... Shit, who did this start of this and didn't put an episode number? Now I don't know what episode it is. That's my fault. Sorry, it's 201. We should know that it's 201. Um, This is uh, the third installment of Coronavirus Edition. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. This is the Jeremy Sits in a Tunnel and Just Works Edition. And this is the uh, uh, Stay Safe, Stay Home Edition of... uh, Stay Safe, Stay Home Edition number one. We decided, uh, based on social distancing... Uh, that we would all keep our distance mostly because Jeremy's a carrier. So, <laughs> yeah, especially since Jess is still at work, so she she can't really social distance. So even yeah, though we can, true. we could probably actually configure it that we're fairly far apart. I think um, if we put Jeremy at the end of the table, and I sat back and Jess sat back, we'd probably all be six feet apart. So yeah, uh, yeah. okay, but. So yeah, that's uh so coronavirus. Um, I I, I will say it's this. COVID nineteen. The, yeah. the the new Utah podcast. We've spent a couple episodes really talking quite a bit about it. We're not gonna talk a lot about it today. Um, it's our famous Utah episode. It's the last episode of March. Um, it's March thirty first as we record this, so you guys will hear it on April Fools. Uh, it's not a joke. This is a really great uh Utah story, famous Utah story. Um. That we'll get to, but we wanted to, uh, I, I, at least I did wanted to take a break from coronavirus as a whole. I think it's important to talk a little bit about it. Um, but I'd like to get back to some normality when normalcy. Hopefully the people who are listening to this are trying to do it as an escape. And if we just sit and talk about COVID-19, then they're not really escaping anything. That's true. That's true. Um, so, um, I would like to do the calendar this week because Jeremy can't, Uh, he hasn't done it in a couple weeks because, uh, we just roll right past it. So, um, I I do think it's important to get a, a, a COVID-19 or coronavirus check in from everyone. You guys are all safe. Correct. That's correct. Bree said she was going to do the calendar and then she literally just left the room. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's going to get the dogs or something. Uh, but anyway, um, the numbers in Utah, uh, not as bad as New York, apparently. I don't think any place is as bad as New York. New York is, New York, Phoebe was digging in my garden, that dumb dog. We'll talk about that. Did you guys happen to see the videos of the Empire State Building going around last night? And the top looked like, um, like a ambulance light, a spinning ambulance light? I did not see that because I'm trying to stick it. But it's, I mean, so having lived in New York, like by New York City, I was 30 minutes outside of New York City when 9-11 happened. Um, I mean, I, first of all, I was like, oh, I didn't even know the Empire State Building could do that. <laughs> Technology's come a long way. But also knowing what's happening there, like it's it's devastating. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's for sure pretty rough. Um, it's uh little crazy um so in the state of utah right now uh 887 cases um 
out of 18,000 some odd people tested, reported tested, um, and then 73 of those went into the hospital, including Ben McAdams, and five of them have now died. Which that's not good, but but at the same time, it's a lot better. Yeah, tested and only 887 of those. I, I know our viewers can't see this, but if you go down, there's a graph that shows negative to positive, a whole lot more negative. Well, if yeah. you go to coronavirus.utah.gov, um, there's a link for the case counts, and it breaks everything down for you. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you do have to understand the, um, you know, case counts and stuff that, you know, 10% of cases are ending up in the hospital. Um, that's that's uh, that's big. That's a lot of people going to the hospital for a virus. Um, most people will recover. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, but, um, you know, percentage wise of people that are getting tested and keep in mind, we're still not testing tons, like 18,000 is a, a, a fairly sizable number, but we're only testing like 2,500 a day right now. So they're still not just testing anyone. Like you come in with symptoms that are flu like, they're not immediately testing you. They're, they're often testing you for other things first to rule them out. And then they're deciding to test you if they rule kind of everything else out, right? So, right. Well, ideally, it would be to test everybody, even if you think that you might have symptoms, to rule it out. That would give a more accurate count, but without um, testing available and without the ability to have like a quicker turnaround for results, it just makes it very difficult to get those proper numbers yeah i i uh and i'm so we're at like 4.8 percent of those tested uh that are, are testing positive that's a really high number guys that's a really high number for any communicable disease part of the reason it's so high is they are only testing people that are showing basically every symptom so it's not like with strep where you'll go in and they'll give you a rapid strep culture and 99 percent of the time <laughs> it comes back negative uh, but they're just doing it to make patients feel good um, I'm under the impression that compared to other states, our numbers are fairly low. Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. Um, but, you know, going out in the droves to welcome missionaries home doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk Which, about fortunately, that. that hasn't happened again in the last week that we know of anyways. Well, I think once you get, you know, completely chastised by the governor and the lieutenant governor publicly for being idiots um, and the church coming out and saying you're idiots, stop walking under the thing. Damn so dogs and cords out. So there are only three counties that have done a stay-at-home, um, I don't know if I call it an order, um, more of an order than a suggestion, and Summit was the first county, and then Salt Lake started at the beginning of the week, and then as of April 1st, um, Tooele, Tooele did their stay-at-home um order i don't call it <laughs> yeah it's a it's an order it's an order <laughs> okay. so the, the, the governor announced on friday not a suggestion anymore <laughs> yeah the governor right. basically announced stay safe stay home not on, quite a law on friday a, more than a suggestion well you can still be um a charge it's a misdemeanor i believe only um in so salt lake city. only right. in salt lake city um so that what the what the governor announced basically gave authority to the localities to enact stronger measures. So I he think basically Summit said and Tooele are doing the same thing though. Yeah, they might be. They might be. And Salt Lake County may move to that. I think 
what um, what Wilson said was um, we don't want to be at that point. We hope that people will take this seriously and not, uh, you know, not break the, the kind of social distancing rules. But um, we'll see. We'll see if it if it if our cases grow dramatically, if they start doubling every three days, we're going to see more drastic measures in the state, I think. Um, but if the cases continue to grow at the, the slower rate that they are, I, I think we're OK. If they're doubling every seven days, um, there's a lot less to worry about than every three days, I think, is the big thing there. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, in Salt Lake City, you. You can get ticket. You can get charged. Um, so it's. Uh, I find it so. I saw a tweet today, and this is kind of Salt Lake related. Um, Catherine Schwarzenegger, who lives in Southern California, um, I guess was chastised because she sent out a tweet saying, "Hey, like the farmers markets need to be shut down because there were photos on Twitter over the weekend of farmers markets in Southern California, and." Um, and and she was chastised for it, and I just sent a tweet back, and I was like, "Are shut down? Like, what's it been now? Two weeks that they have been?" Well, let's week? be fair. The only <laughs> reason our shut down was the earthquake. Well, no, and but it's, it's also close, close to the seasonal changeover. Well, not until the beginning of June, though. So we still have two months to go, but still, you take so the time I, to shut down farmers. I've noticed local farmers that are there have offered pickup services. Um, and so it's not like, I mean, if you make the effort, you're still going to have some business, you know? So I, I, I think farmers markets in general are no different than grocery stores in a sense. Uh, the, the, the thing that's tough with the farmer's market, like if you, the winter's market is actually probably okay. It's no different than the density in a grocery store. Uh, certainly no different than the density in a Walmart right now. Um, the winter's market's just done because the earthquake made the Rio Grande unsafe. And there's oh, no yeah, way that's they, really sad, too. <laughs> they can't move that for, for a couple of months. Um, but the the market, like if it was summertime, the market at Pioneer Park, the, the problem there is it is elbow to elbow. Like if yeah. you go from anywhere between like 930 and 1, it is elbow to elbow with people. That is not safe. That is not social distancing. So while it is like a grocery store in a sense, it's it's way too much. And so basically the only way they could combat that is have way uh, considerably fewer booths, space them out dramatically. Um, and I don't know how you limit people into a public space like that. I, I really don't. Because like at least with like a Harmon's or stupid Costco, you know, they can do counters. Like, I, okay, so I was at, I went to Ocean City, um, Ocean Mart, the Asian superstore in um, Sandy, and there was no one in there. It was completely empty. Because uh, everybody's around, scared they're going to get it. Around lunchtime on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the liquor store next door on 90th and, <laughs> and uh, like 3rd West or whatever it is there had a line all the way around their building because they were distancing people and not letting so many people in. And so it that was the line distance? Is. Um, okay. part, part of the line was distanced. People were doing it, but there was no one enforcing it in the line. So there were some that were bunched together and idiots. Yep. What the heck, Jeremy? Jeremy, I don't know what you did, but now you sound You're like a robot. A robotic <laughs> mouse. <laughs> Oh my god, this is fantastic! Yeah, I don't know what you did. He turned off his camera. He got up and left. 
He comes back, turns on the camera, and now we had a robotic mouse. Like, I don't... I'm not sure what Jeremy did there. Robot mouse extraordinaire. I'm keeping that sound, too. Is it... Is it still wonky? No, that's better. And you're giant. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. You're having technical Well, maybe if you just sat still. Yeah, stop fucking with stuff. And stopped working for a minute. Because I'm sure you're sitting there, oh, I can do this with these little things. Because you haven't, like, Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. No more pushing buttons. Are all your other applications closed? Uh, most everything. (laughs) (laughs) You should probably close them because I think that you're working because usually you have participated by now and you have not. You have a problem with the workahol, Jeremy. That's the nice thing about being in one location is you can't work when you're over here. <laughs> I know. I was still working up until we started. Yeah, You're still at the office, so um, that's okay. I'm still at the office, sort of. No, your office is upstairs right now. Yeah, Bree's working from home full time. What? That was weird. Yeah, there's... Sound keeps coming in and out. Uh oh. Uh, great. Well, hopefully it sounds fine. Hopefully it's recording side. everybody. <laughs> you just can't hear it. We'll find out. We'll find out how. I bad like how it you're sounds. reporting on me working at home. You yeah. want to tell them more about me working at home? Yeah, Bree's working from home full time. Chris is my IT department. <laughs> because I so a lot of the people I would say all but like maybe two, I think there's only two of us, uh, just took their whole like workstations home and I really didn't want to bring three monitors and a CPU and like but no so I'm just working off my laptop and one monitor um, and so Chris has to do some IT work for me every once in a while <laughs> um, by every once in a while you mean literally every day so far yes and I would I don't want to this is my to, IT guy too I don't want to condemn the, the like my, my bosses because I know that they're trying but um, they very, very clearly had planned it more for people to just take their computers home and not people to just work from their home computers. And I don't think they know how to do it. And so Chris has had to like remap my drives and do all sorts of stuff. And finally, I'm just like, okay, I can, I can get by. Like the workarounds are super fast. I'm, I'm not concerned. But it, it is weird because, and, and the jokes aren't old yet. I'm sure they'll get old soon. But like when I left my water bottle, I'm like. Hey, hon, just running back to work to get my water bottle real quick. Be right back. <laughs> no, they're old now. They're old now. <laughs> when you said soon, that was a few times ago. <laughs> this is only day three. I know. That's how many times you've said that. I have only said that one once. So I want you guys to look on camera. And see that wounds? That's my rash. We should I don't, take a picture of it. And I'm not give quite... a bunch of bug bites. Yeah, but I don't. It, so it might be. Uh, maybe I have mites in my office. So Saturday, because I've been working from home, I'm I'm going into the office one day a week. We're an essential business, uh, and we have some staff that have to be there in order for us to function. Mostly doing mail stuff, um, like like letters, not like dudes. <laughs> like man things. <laughs> mostly doing some dude stuff. Uh, so we have a we have a handful of people that need to be in the office, like less than half a dozen uh, a day. Um, so I'm going in once a week, um, just on Mondays. But anyway, so I was like, well, if I'm going to be back to working at home basically full time, I need to clean my office, like deep clean my office because it's gross. So Saturday, I spent literally like eight hours in my office pulling everything apart. All my cables, all my stuff. I blew out the computer uh, with air duster and um, 
you know, scrubbed walls, <laughs> like, wow, base, deep, clean. like deep clean, deep clean. So it's really nice and clean and decluttered. And, uh, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, man, my hand kind of bothers me. And then the next day I've got this freaking rash on my hand. Is that the and cleaners she used? I, I don't know. So I don't know Maybe. if it's cleaners or something in the dust, but just right there on the top of my hand, it's this rash. Like, I don't I wish I had it. Do you guys have breaking, breaking news music? That was, uh, 6.4 earthquake in Boise. Yeah, I just saw somebody ask if people had felt the, the earthquake. 6.4. So, and that was, that's, uh, it was on here, right? Uh, we just talk about this real no, quick. No, that's literally just it happened just 10 happened. minutes ago. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, I have on there Utah's um, earthquakes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, 658 total. Uh, yeah, that was as of this morning. <laughs> what was what's the what's the magnitude threshold though? Like, is it like a magnitude one, magnitude two? Like, uh, it's like two of them were in the fours, two or three of them were in the threes. No, and but like what's everything what's, else? What's, but what's, what's the what's the lowest? Reported. Yeah, like are they reporting everything over a one or everything over a two? Because you won't even feel ones half the time. So it depends on where you get it from. If you get it from um, University of Utah, they report everything because it's local. But if you log on to, like, the USGS site, they only report everything over a 2.5. Yeah, and you can actually change the USGS site. So you can they report everything on there. Their default filter is, like, 2.5 and above. But you can change that, and you can even, like, it's really cool. It's a real interactive map. You can zoom into an area and then change your your mm-hmm. variables, like depth and everything. It'll show you all the stuff that matches those. So, But they use reported... 658 quakes mm-hmm. from that from that cluster. Since what's what's up in a week and a half? Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, a 5.7 is a pretty big quake. So, can you imagine having like a 7.5 and your aftershocks? You're having 5.7, 6. Point somethings afterwards. That's crazy. Yeah, that would that would it'll happen one it of these will. days. It's gonna happen. So, um. Yeah, so I have a rash. Uh, Jeremy, how are your chickens? Uh, chickens, so uh, we got the 12 new ones, and uh, whatever, it's been about a month. This month feels like it's been a year, so I really have no idea. Um, they're too big for the, the makeshift coop we've got in the garage, so I took half of them out to the makeshift coop inside the coop. Uh, and so far, they're doing well. I'm always worried the first couple nights with the cold, but they've done fine. And they're not really chicks anymore. They're teenage chickens. Another month or so, and they'll be about the size of the full-grown chickens. So they're doing fine so far. And then we're continuing our victory garden prep. <laughs> yeah, it, victory garden? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there during World War Two. We've got oh, four of the beds ready to go, and I've got three left. Our are we past the last frost at this point? Mm-mm. Or is that the end hey. of April? No, that's actually mid-May. So, you kind of, a uh, rule of thumb is anything underground you can plant now, potatoes, beets, turnips, anything like that, carrots, underground things. Mother's Day is kind of the mark to start planting everything else, and you want to be planted by Father's Day. That's kind of the rule of thumb. Yeah, so... so all the stuff I read on carrots said that you really should wait until the last frost. Because until they, after they might, the last frost? Yeah, because they might not germinate properly. Oh. 
So, so yeah, so you probably, if you're going to do carrots, you're rolling the dice at the moment, but I would say within about three weeks-ish, you'd be okay. Part of it is if they do start to sprout, and then you get a frost, it could kill that little yeah, top. that little bitty top. Well, if the fucking birds don't eat them, like last year, assholes. <laughs> God, that pissed me off. Or my dog, because she's bound to destroy some of it. We bought, we bought her a swimming pool, a dirt pool, though. Did I talk about that a couple weeks ago when I did it? You said you were going to start one. Yeah, so I started one. She freaking loves that thing. Um, Except for I just found her digging in your garden. It's first time since she got oh, probably because no. the dirt. The dirt pool's mostly empty of dirt. Oh, that was the other thing we were going to get the pet store is a bone. Oh, yeah. Damn it. So, she made a list. Yeah, we were going to get a couple natural bones to put in there for her, too. Like, she's got rawhides, and I, I dug up, when I was prepping the garden, I dug up a bunch of potatoes that I didn't dig up before. Like, I didn't realize I missed a couple plants, I think, so. Uh, Jess, you got a letter from Lindsey Graham. No, addressed I to do, you personally? But my, yes, but it's in my car, and I totally forgot to bring it in, so I'll have to talk about it next week. I was like, this is so weird that I'm getting this letter, and it had a... Um, I assume it's for a donation because once you open it up, there was a like a, a first class envelope on the inside. Anyways, I didn't read it because I was going to read it on the podcast, but I left it in my car and I didn't yeah. make it out there in time. So wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be funny if like a political person that sent you a letter for a donation glitter bombed people? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I getting no, because they wouldn't get any donations on the East Coast. I don't understand. That's what was so baffling. I don't know. Anyways. Just imagine, but, like, opening a letter from Ben McAdams and, like, gold glitter just fucking falls on the Okay, so my cousin works for his re-election team. I'm totally going to suggest that to her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe he could just send it to the people he knows for sure aren't going to vote for him. And be like, <laughs> maybe he'll get some maybe he'll get some com- you know how we talk to people and they're like we're, we're never going to convince those people so we don't waste our right. breath but like maybe that's a pretty cheap way to like send them all like a glitter bomb and they open it up and maybe that changes a couple of their hearts and minds like oh that was so funny that i need to vote for this person or does that oh, like galvanize no, that, them? that makes you not vote or does that galvanize that them to vote against <laughs> that person <laughs> i guess so, it your level of humor I have breaking news now. Oh, you're making your own breaking news. Yes. Okay. Because Sean called me at a quarter to four, and uh, apparently we're driving down to St. George on Saturday morning and picking her ass up and moving her to her new location here in Salt Lake City. So that's exciting. Her dad goes, why don't you want her to be home? I go, well, one, her hours are bad. Two, my office is in her bedroom. And three, mm-hmm. she's dirty. <laughs> so are she moving to? So she's moving to a condo up by the uh, zoo that's up by the U. Uh, um, but she might have a job as a CNA. So she's going to try and come back. And she has to be back by Tuesday for that. So, um, yeah, she's going to try that. Try her hand at that and see what happens. And. I don't know. I guess go from there. To be fair, Sean doesn't even want to be home. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, she doesn't want to be here either. Want she wants back. to be a Kennedy. She wants to be with her friends. It would be hard to move back home after being gone for two years uh, and be under your parents' rule again. I, I, I don't blame her. But yeah, I'm in her bedroom for my office. So I'm like, do you need to move back home for any time? Because if you do, I have to relocate. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm moving, moving right to Kennedy's. So 
Anyway, we'll have a we'll have a kid home, and I'm gonna try and stop and see Cassidy since I won't see her because her graduation's been moved to August eighth. Oh, that's good. That's so good that they rescheduled it. Yeah, tentatively, yeah. we'll see. We'll see hopefully what happens. They can, hopefully, they can swing it, and it's not like at the height of it. Well, I don't think August will be the height not of it. Not August, no. The height of it's probably going to be like May, June. So, India's likely going to be moved. I'm just glad we don't live in India where we're getting hit in the streets Pain. with bamboo sticks and <laughs> being made to do being made to do like squats and like. Like, tuck your head between your okay, knees. Okay, we weren't going to talk a lot about this, and we ended up talking a ton about it, and then when I got us off of the Not subject, really. you Not moved really. us back. That's okay. Uh, that's okay, because our events are kind of tied to COVID right now. Um, so, uh, I, I know, Jess, you had put a couple of things in events, um, primarily yeah. gift cards and stuff like that, yeah? Uh, yeah, so I know that Trina with Buzz had been trying to... Everybody kept saying, how can we support you? Because first... Her transmission broke, and then COVID happened. So she's actually been closed for quite a while. I think there's only a couple of days that she's been open the last couple of months. So she has um, come up with uh, digital gift cards, and then also another local um, bakery that's a, uh, always at the farmers market, Strusel, uh, has also e-gift cards, and then just any other restaurant that you can. Um, and then if you're craving cheese, our buddies at Raclette Machine are doing an event with the Humane Society on the 2nd, and it's from 11 to 1. Um, they're doing it only by pickup or delivery, so you can do delivery through, I like this place, Chef Pansy. Um, <laughs> I'll put a, I actually already shared that on our Facebook page. Um, and ten, a $10 donation will buy lunch for one of the Humane Society workers. Um, which I thought was really cool. And then um, I thought that it was important to add, since we talked to Michael Aaron about this last week, that they have indeed moved the Pride Festival. It will now be at the end of September, which I actually think is going to be amazing because the 1st of June is so hot. So um, so it will be super fun. Um, I was trying to think if there was anything else that was like locally of note, but... I can't think of anything in the moment, so. I mean, yeah, like basically, if if you have a restaurant that you like, please support them. They're all really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, the gift cards are a great way to do it. Um, you know that a lot of them will open back up. Some of them won't, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but and there are some, some of them that won't. have some that have sorry, Chris. Some that have decided to completely shut their doors. Um, and then the rest are doing either like DoorDash, Uber Eats, or like a curbside pickup today. Um, my boss wanted Village Baker, so it was awesome. You just call, and then as soon as you pulled up, they came out. They took your payment um, and brought everything out to your car for you. So that was well, cool. for, for the ones that have shut down completely, it may not be that they're not planning to reopen. One of the things you have to consider is their power bill, their gas bill, the bill of pay, sh- you know, kitchen staff. You what know, the heck is that? My uh, a car, uh, a food. My food mistress, um, my my food mistress uh, <sighs> went to a place called Mock and Mockin, and they said they've lost over eighty percent of their business because That's of this. That's what most are saying, yeah. So the the problem is if you're only running on 20% business from takeout and and delivery and stuff 
that's not enough to support the staff and the power and everything else that it takes to, to run the restaurant. Because even if you have savings uh, as a restaurant, which, by the way, not most of them have a big egg to sit on for this kind of a, an event, if you can furlough all your staff and say, you all need to go on unemployment, we're going to shut the doors for two months, all you're then paying are the minimums on things like power and gas and your lease payment, um, things like that. It's a little easier to survive longer um, and then be able to reopen and hire back a lot of that staff than if you try to keep going and you're not making and you're just hemorrhaging money because you have to pay all those costs out anyway. So I, I've made an, like, oh, an interesting observation just because one of the places that I have been trying to frequent is out at Eagle Mountain and it's called Six Sisters Deli. And they, the first Friday that all of this was announced and they closed their dining, they had the highest amount of sales in five years. And wow. I just find that very interesting, like, I, this, like the surge, like where, I mean, yes, we want to support these businesses, but, I mean, this is a place that I frequent probably at least once every week. Um, but, like, why? And they have been busy, I mean, ever since I think it slowed down a little bit the last couple of days. But overall. Well, I think some places that are traditionally takeout oriented probably don't have as big of a risk because most of their clientele is grab and go versus sit in the restaurant. And so if people are already accustomed to that, it's not a big deal. So, like. A little Caesars, mm. all of their business is that, right? So they don't, sure. there's not a big change for them. People still go, they're, they're going to take a hit, right? They're going to for yeah. sure take a hit because not as many people are going out. But a business that does something like that on the regular where that's the bulk of their business, um, probably, probably able to still maintain. So, yeah, I said it was an interesting, I mean, I hope that, I hope that we don't lose too many, but so, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a few weeks. A little bit of good news uh, in terms of a local business to support. So um, Brie and I take our dog, um, take Phoebe the puppy, to a, a company called Kudos to Canines. It's a, a group that works with a lot of rescue organizations, but they do dog training and boarding and day camp. Um, they give like special discounts if you're fostering a dog so that you can take your dogs there for socialization skill learning and stuff to help them be better yeah, adoptable. They, they do free stuff for a lot of those organizations yeah. too for the foster parents. Yeah. So um, really great organization. But um, this is good news in the midst of all this other crap because um, they're, they've grown enough that they're now looking at expanding even during this 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 problem right so they've had to cancel all their training classes because there's too many people in close proximity uh they're still doing their day camp and some of their boarding yeah they're doing a really good job of of keeping us separated and keeping the dogs separated as you you pass them back and forth so they can keep their day camps open so uh but they have uh so that's that's what we're going to talk about actually (laughs) because right now they're they're between um 45th and 39th on um the the road that frontage road just to the west of the freeway by like third west or fifth, maybe it's fifth west there um just west of the freeway um so they're back like right up against the freeway essentially west of the freeway um in like a warehouse thing which is a great space for them actually but um they've outgrown it and it's a huge space and they've outgrown it um so they've grown from basically the owner robin doing a bunch of like travel around and do training classes to this staff it's of fifth west of yeah, of ten of ten trainers and and um, 
you know, they're open seven days a week for various services typically. Uh, and they're now, they've, they've found property, uh, in, in South Jordan or West Jordan. They've got like 10 trainers and so many people in such a need that they're expanding and they've already gotten a loan. They're already approved for it, but they need like a down payment on stuff to get. So they need to start building on this land. Um, so they're asking for donations, um, uh, if you can, and I'm, I'm just going to list off. So this is, this is, um, all of these donations come with something. So I'm going to kind of explain what the levels are if you start giving this much. And it seems like a lot, but I'll kind of break down some of these things for, for people. Um, so for $500, you get a week of boarding, um, to be used within a year plus, uh, your name or a paw print engraved in their, their thing in the building. So, $500 for a week of boarding is a pretty good deal, um, honestly. Uh, $1,000, you get one year of day camp or training, and that's two sessions a week of either one, um, and one week of boarding boarding to be used within a year uh, and the same thing. So at $1,000, um, that what it boils down to for, for two trainings is 10 or two um, day camps. $10 a day camp. The going rate on day camps, if you don't purchase like a pass, a multi-pass for just about any day camp in the valley, is 25 to $30. So that's a pretty good deal. It's actually a really it's good a deal. really good deal. And Plus usually, you get to support them. And usually when you buy... any dog? Is, I mean, do they rate mm-hmm. by like dog breed or is it just like across no. the board? Any dog. They across take, the board. Yep, they take bully breeds. They take little puppies. As they, long as they're not dicks. Right. Like they have to be, they don't have to be like totally socialized because some of it is that, but they like, they're very, very careful. They don't want anybody to get hurt. So like the first time Phoebe went, even though she'd been to classes, they take him out there on a leash and then they leave the leash on, but they let go of the leash and they just kind of gradually introduce them. They're really careful with it. Well, and, and it's not just a typical like pet smart day camp as much as I like those guys. The dogs go in a room and they literally just play the whole damn time they're there. There's no real And there's structure. one staff member that just sits in there and squirts them if they get bad and cleans up after them if they go to the bathroom. But these guys have a whole ton of staff members and they do all kinds of stuff with the dogs. So they, they work on training. They take them on group walks. They have free play time, but they do a lot of like mental stuff with the dogs in a very structured fashion. So it's it's really cool in terms of the way they run the day camp. But I'm just throwing this out there. $1,000 is a lot, but even like if with PetSmart, you buy a 10-pack of, of passes, you're paying close to $250 for that 10-punch. So you're you're between $20 and $25 for a session of, of day camp, and you're spending it in $250 chunks. So $1,000 is a lot, but at the end of the day, it's, it's relatively inexpensive. For $2,500, you get a year of day camp and a year of training classes, um, they're roughly the same cost there normally. Um, or you can do two years of the same service, uh, a week of boarding, uh, to be used within two years and a name plaque at five grand. And it just kind of goes up. There's some really big stuff and some specific sponsorship stuff. But if you're interested in helping them out, they're a fantastic organization. I've, I've been like head over heels, super happy with them. Um, if you'd like more information, you can go check out their Facebook and, uh, I'm sure I'll send it to Jess yeah, so she can. You can it. see what they do during their um during their day camps because they record a lot of it, 
And um, the owner and some of her staff have been recording like little mini training things so that while we're not in class, you could go to their Facebook and they'll be like, okay, today we're going to work on this. And remember to keep this in mind when you're doing it and this in mind when you're doing it and stuff. And it's just, it, it's just kind of nice because you can't go to class. So at least you get something. And you can also just go watch the videos if you're not part of their group. So true, <laughs> like you could because they're just like on they're just on Facebook. But you can you can see what they do. And like the cool thing is like if you go see some of their stuff, like I think the day camp page is a private group that you have to get accepted into. But like the other one, they'll post videos of what they do in the day camp, and so you can see like, hey, they took all the dogs out on this group walk, or they did this amazing video like two weeks ago with Phoebe, where they have. 25 to 30 dogs. No, they had 40 dogs. There were 40 dogs in the room. They were all on their own cots. They weren't tied down. They weren't connected to anything, but they were all sitting on their own cots peacefully relaxing. Phoebe wow, was like cool. Phoebe was like passed out. She was asleep. That's that's the kind of structure that they have there that they're able to control the dogs in a in a in a way where they they all listen, they all behave, they love going there. So, anyway, just thought i'd share that because i think that's a really cool a cool deal it's a fantastic money saving opportunity for for folks i know like a thousand dollars is a lot to shell out for something like that but it's hard not to consider when i mean a year if you're gonna do it anyway if you were thinking about doing it and maybe you hadn't like this is just an added benefit that you're helping somebody and getting something extra out of it besides just the classes yeah i mean 20 centrally located in the valley too so that's a lot of people that could have access yeah and i mean they will move once things are built they'll actually be closer to us which is cool out on 90th somewhere um but uh centrally in the valley is fantastic right now that location on 45th while while big the there's challenges there right they don't have any like open green space for the dogs they don't have like dog runs they can put them out and outside so they spend a lot of time inside or they go on walks down busy streets uh sometimes um yeah it'll be it'll be cool for them so anyway um i think that's it do you have any other weird events or special things to help the community jeremy's got a bad look Uh, (laughs) (laughs) does your family think that you're weird have any of your kids come in and, and been like, Dad, what are you doing? No, I told them. I gave them a warning. <laughs> so they know. Like, you shut My boss the hell is still up sitting next to me. And all he can hear is what I'm saying, so it probably sounds super weird. <laughs> uh, so we'll do a little bit of, a little bit of news uh, not related to the virus, uh, I think, is, is worthwhile. Some of it is kind of related to the virus, I guess, right? Um, kind of, yeah. Today. Like the, I don't know what the story, I didn't read the water garden story. Okay, so it's actually really awesome. So the water gardens has been around for probably, I would say, 20 years. It's just a little theater that's down in Pleasant Grove, like right on the bend when you go in between American Fork and Pleasant Grove. And they have created an impromptu drive-in theater and it opened um, last Friday, so on the 27th. Um, they had to do a lot of um, permit stuff uh, with the government, with making sure that they were compliant with all the COVID rules. And so they set up, um, I don't re- I think they just set up one screen. So they had limited tickets. They had concessions. Um, they did have rules. Everybody had to stay in their car. Um, so no, like opening your, you know, like 
back in the eighties when you open the back of the station wagon and, and watch yeah. a, you know, <laughs> a drive-in movie. Like you do at a um, drive-in. No, for sure. But you had, everything had to still stay closed, but they showed, um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Dark Knight. Um, oh. they had the audio running through the cars, just like a regular drive-in. Um, and I think it was, it was $15 for a single feature and $20 for both. Um, so they're looking at doing them on Fridays and Saturdays and depending upon the demand, um, more. More nights. So, yeah. No, I thought it's a high cool. demand. Yeah, they had a really great turnout. And I, and I just think that, like, how, like, innovative just to be like, hey, let's go old school. People want their entertainment. So how can we be safe? And how can we bring this? So I just thought that was really awesome to feature. So I wonder if the, some of the other standard drive throughs will open up earlier than usual. Because they usually don't open up till like, June, something like that. Redwood Road, I'm pretty sure that's the only one left. (laughs) Well, and then there's one in Tooele, I think. Yeah, and I think there's one up in the Ogden area, isn't there? Something like like that. that, I think that one closed. But So there's a couple issues. So one of the things they did with this Water Gardens one, because theaters aren't an essential business, um, and one of the the things they did there, you can't leave your car. So you mm-hmm. can't even like put chairs in the back of a truck bed or a mattress Correct. with blankets yep. like you do at like the Redwood Drive-In. You have to stay in your car. Um, only a certain number of people can go to the bathroom at the same time, basically one group at a time. Right. Uh, they have distancing guidelines there, and then they clean the bathroom after everyone goes in and uses it. They clean it, and then the next group can go in. So there's a lot of stuff like that that maybe would prohibit it. But by the the Redwood movies usually doesn't even open until like after Memorial Day. Right, it's much later this season. Well, at least it's it's twofold because not only is it enabling people to go see movies and have entertainment, but it's keeping some people employed that normally wouldn't be able to be employed because the theaters wouldn't be able to support them. So, I mean, there are sixty sixty employees that the Water Gardens have. Um. So let's uh, should we should we move on to some legislative stuff? So, um. Oh my Monday. gosh! So much, so hard to go through. By the way, because he just it's, keeps signing more bills. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the it is the season, right? So the governor, basically now the legislative session is over. Uh, Five hundred and ten bills were passed in the twenty twenty legislative session. Herbert has signed four hundred and fifty nine of them. I was looking through the list. So again, if you go to um, le.utah.gov, uh, you can actually see all the bills from the session that were passed. It's a ridiculous count. Um, we'll we'll probably have another uh, another blurb on this at some point in the future with like the the winners of bills and stuff like that. But uh, he hasn't ve- he <laughs> hasn't vetoed anything yet. Nothing. Oh. Not a single one has he vetoed. Which I guess when you have a Republican governor and a Republican super minor- majority, that tends to happen sometimes. But even even occasionally he's vetoing stuff. But none so far. No way. He's year. like this is my last. This is my last. Session. I'm doing it I'm all. It all. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bitches. You have uh, ponies in every school. You got it. <laughs> Our government would never do that. Oh, you want to cut teacher salary by 50%? You got it. Sign. Done. Done. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm out. Um, no, he's doing. I mean, so a lot of this is good stuff. So, mental health care, there was a $16 million bill, bill expanding uh, an alternative uh, treatment type stuff. Um, so he's signed that one into law. 
He signed this is a party voting. Yeah, that's really cool. That's my favorite. Um, and the insulin cap is my favorite. I'm, that's what he was gonna. I think that's what you were gonna talk about next. Was yeah, the, I'm really surprised about the straight party voting, though. Uh, to be honest, um, I didn't think that would pass, and I didn't think he would sign it. Um, what that is is something I bitch about all the time, which is the ability to just check off Republican and vote for all Republicans is really dumb. The next step is to remove party affiliation from the ballots. I think that would dramatically change the election scene in Utah. I don't know that that will ever happen. <laughs> but this is a step in that direction, and I was really impressed that it was one that was taken. So, um, Insulin access. So uh, if any of you have listened to the show in the last year or paid attention to what drug companies are doing, insulin has become ridiculously prohibitively expensive because the makers of insulin decided it should be so, and our government doesn't bother to step in and do anything. So the state of Utah uh, has created um, uh, a law that caps copays for insulin treatments uh, for insurance plans. So basically, um, co- you know, the insurances could say, "Well, that's in our top tier drug, and the copay is you know two hundred dollars." <laughs> Right, because insulin's four hundred dollars or something. Um, it also requires Utah Insurance Department to study the price of insulin, uh, and then basically the state will probably go after manufacturers. Um, but the state uh, insurance plan will buy discounted insulin uh, and allow pharmacists to refill expired insulin prescriptions, so patients can still get insulin uh, without going to see a doctor. Because look, once you're insulin dependent. It doesn't fucking matter if a doctor prescribes it. <laughs> like your insulin right. depends. You're going to die if you can't get to a doctor to get a prescription. So if you have an expired prescription, they can refill it and request a refill from the doctor. And at that point, the doctor can be like, "Okay, well he needs to come in," but they can already be seen, you know, be getting their insulin. So, okay. um, children under 12 will not be prosecuted um, unless they're accused of serious crimes like rape or murder. Um, children always go through a restorative justice, pro- justice program now. Um, so in, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Kids under 12 yeah, should I, not be tried for capital offenses, I don't think. But There are some weird amendments in the House bills, and I'm excited to go through them extensively someday. <laughs> yeah, I think we probably should go a little bit deeper. So, um, like, Did you know there's a yurt amendment? <laughs> We insure some yurts at work. Uh, you should, yeah. Anyways. Uh, an- another big bill was the e-cigarette tax. Um, so 56% tax rate uh, of e-cigarettes. Um, look, there's... I, I got to take a step back with, um, with e-cigarettes. Um, there was a huge push both federally and at the state levels uh, to ban vaping and flavored vape and, and everything else. I think raising the age to 21 made sense. There's no reason at 21, if you can't buy alcohol, you should be able to buy cigarettes. Although I think both of those should be at 18 because you can fucking fight for your country and you're accountable for your actions. And you're an adult under the eyes of the law. Yeah. So I think that really that stuff should be 18, but whatever our country's weird, but um, there was a lot of push because of the deaths from the tainted THC vape cartridges to like ban the flavorings and stuff like that. The problem with doing that is it prevents people from using vaping as a method to get off of cigarettes, which a lot of people do. And part of that process is, hey, I'm puffing on flavored e-liquid that tastes like strawberries, and now I'm no longer 
liking the taste of cigarettes, so smoking a cigarette doesn't sound good. If you remove flavored e-liquids and you go to like tobacco flavored e-liquids, what the fuck's the point in vaping a tobacco flavored e-liquid to try and get off cigarettes? Well, and e-liquids, they come in various strengths too. So that's what Chris is talking about when he's talking about it's, it's a way to stop smoking. So if you have a cigarette, you have a cigarette. There's, there's as much tobacco as in there as there is. And it's hard for you, I would guess. I, I'm imagining this, knowing Chris as a smoker, to say, I'm just going to smoke half of this cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it's too cold outside. So the, the, the good thing mm-hmm. about, about vaping that can help people get off of it is not only can you now get your nicotine fix without the flavor. So now you're, you don't like that. I mean, the, Nicotine doesn't taste good, right? Cigarettes don't taste good. We all know that if you kiss somebody after they've smoked, it's it's not a fun thing to do. It tastes like that in their mouth. So once they're kind of without that smell and taste, that's helpful. But they can step it down. So they can start well, why with... Why do that when you can taste cotton candy? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but exactly. you can step it down. So you can start with whatever is in a regular cigarette. and go then to zero. Yeah, eventually. and then slowly you can just go down. And then... You know, eventually, hopefully, you can maybe replace it with, you know, sticking a pen cap in your mouth because it's still, there's still an oral fixation don't, involved. Don't stick things in your mouth right now, people. No, keep right. stuff out of your mouth. Yeah, keep stuff out of your bad mouth. Bad idea. But, but my point is, you can step it down uh, and you can't do that with a cigarette and you can do it without having to get a patch and wear a patch and have a prescription and da da da. You still get that oral fixation. It's helpful. Uh, bunch of tax code changes um, that we probably should get into at some point. Uh, with this, um, there's adult autism treatment program bills that were passed. Huge. Uh, there's a bunch of water rights stuff um, that was passed. A lot of like water forfeiture and water rights and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what the medical specialist in public schools that you pointed at is. Well, but. I'm wondering if that means they have to have like a nurse or something in there because not public schools don't always have a nurse. So my my kids grew up in private school and they always had a nurse, but I'm I'm curious. Oh, you're not going to be able to tell by just looking at the bill. That's this suck. bill permits an LEA to adopt separate schedules for employees who provide certificate, certain education-related medical services in huh. a school-based Not setting. what I thought. Uh, yeah. So, interesting. But there's, I mean, there's so much stuff, guys. There's, four, there's 500 and some odd bills. Most of them have been signed at this point. Um, there's a whole bunch of, like, school bus safety inspection amendments. There's a bunch of, like, little stuff. Um, municipal registration of go-karts, driver's license record amendments. Um, there's organ donation stuff. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy. Both the amendments? What the heck? Oh, That's also, really we've talked about it. Um, you can now order wine, but it will be at an 80% markup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But you can do, like, Wine of the Month Club. Right, but you can, yeah, also, and you can also bring it in, and I can't remember the purse, like the amount you you're can, allowed. Basically, a case. Okay. You can bring in a case of wine. So normally, like if you uh, came back from a wine tasting tour in California and right. you were flying back a, a case of wine, they wouldn't let it in the state because you have to pay the the state the taxes. But now on you it. don't have to do that. Honestly, I think that's probably the case of wine thing is probably somewhat in and the the selling of wine um, through the liquor store is actually probably in response to the Supreme Court rulings we talked about last year. Uh, do you guys remember the Supreme Court rulings about barring uh, manufacturers from certain states? Yeah, I remember yeah. talking about that. 
I'm I would not be surprised because that's a little out of the ordinary for Utah to pass something like that. I would not be surprised if a big chunk of why that stuff was passed was was in response because they knew they they would end up in court otherwise. Um, so lots of stuff, even uh, on the Senate side, lots of stuff, um, drug disposal stuff. Um, Gosh, there are lots of water changes. Yeah. They, oh, they, the daylight savings time amendments. Oh yeah. <laughs> Passed by good old Wayne Harper, um, my cousin's father-in-law. <laughs> but there's a lot of stipulations to that, that there are other states that have to agree to it as well before it can even take place here. So we'll see how yeah. that goes. Maybe we can do a, a special on that at some point. I imagine if they let a little sliver of Arizona do a weird thing that in one state that we can do it in our state. So or Hawaii uh, is not. So. The contingent effective date... Um, as used in this section, Western state means Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, Washington, or Wyoming. Uh, it goes into effect on the first Sunday of November following the day on which both of the following have occurred. Legislation enacted by Congress goes into effect to amend 15 U.S.C. Section 260. So basically, the federal government uh, amends it to authorize states to observe daylight savings time year-round, and B... At least four Western states other than Utah passed legislation to place all or a portion of the states on year-round daylight time. So, um, Doesn't that mean they would have had to pass it this last session, too, with us? No, no. So basically, oh. this, this is just open out there now. So if five years from now, the federal government passes something and three other, four other states around us do it, uh, then it'll change in November of that year. So gotcha. it's, like a, it's like a pseudo-ticking time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it basically still means we're on daylight savings time for the foreseeable future until the federal government other people has, get on, bo- on board with us. The federal government's going to have to make a change. So anyway, that's um, that's that. There's a, uh, please take time to go through and look at them, and you can catch the like 911 communication amendments if that tickles your fancy. Just click on it and read the synopsis. <laughs> Most of the bills have a, a pretty quick blurb up top without reading the details. Some of them are very short. Some of them are hundreds of pages long, and you wonder how the fuck they read all of that and digested it in time to... They didn't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, lots of stuff. Um, so, the one other thing that I want to talk about before we get into our famous Utah is something that's been going on. Sort of as a... I know it was a COVID-19 thing that um, uh, KSL did because... One of the big things that happened right away, Jess is motioning angrily at someone. It's really funny. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My boss asking me a question. <laughs> Tell him I am not on your clock, buddy. I have a better lighting here, so I decided to stay to stay at work and better. Like it was more quiet, so. Down Easy roommate. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. I could I could run upstairs and go to work if you need me to. <laughs> So basically what happened was KSL right as COVID hit, you know, the, um, the, the NCAA first said no fans at the games and then said, we're not doing the tournament. Like 24 hours later. Yeah. And basically the, I mean, the thing you have to remember is these brackets, um, that, that are out there, there's a lot of stuff that gets 
fit around March Madness. So I'm guessing KSL probably had this kind of already set up. My boss actually had his uh, his vasectomy scheduled around March Madness, and he was really <laughs> mad that the weekend he got his vasectomy, March Madness didn't start because he was planning on just sitting there and, and watching basketball <laughs> yeah. with his Jimmy all so funny. <laughs> March Madness vasectomy. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for him because he came back to work on Monday and like Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday ish. He was just, he was just still not feeling it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was probably feeling it if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, anyway, KSL put up a bracket challenge of best board game. So first I'm going to talk about my problems that I have with this. So best board game of all time. Um, the average person probably has not heard of, I would say, 90% of these board games. Um, I, so there is a flaw in that the average human, because the uh, some of these games never hit like super mass market, never heard of these games. Uh, and so I, I think there there is a bit of a fallacy when you put a game like um, what's one that was was a, a good comparison um, Risk against a game like Blood Rage. You guys heard of Blood Rage before? No. I have not. <laughs> right? Or like, um, what's another one that was big? Uh, apples to Apples. Have you ever heard of, heard of uh, Power Grid? No. Mm-mm, Power no. Grid's a really good game. What, what are you doing? There's another one Stop over pointing. here that I was pointing to, and you wouldn't look at it. What? <laughs> um, it was Say it, don't Scythe point. and the Game of Life. Yeah, like Scythe is one of the best games ever made. Like if you go to like BGG uh, Board Game Geek, which is like, by the way, if you want to know how good a board game is and want to read reviews of it, BGG.com is the place to go. That place is nothing but board game reviews. They um, rate games on playability, the type of game, how many people, how long it takes to play. Um, so you get an idea of all that. Skype is one of the best games ever created. Oh, that Azul game is the game that I had at work and that Jeff stole from me. Yeah, and and it's <laughs> Skype is really good, but the game and the game of life is stupid. I'm sorry, that game sucks. It's horrible. Nothing in that game has anything to do with skill. It is just. So we got Redneck Life for <laughs> Christmas. Have you played that one? <laughs> no, I want to play it now. You like um, lose your teeth and like you have thirty or forty kids. It's pretty <laughs> funny. How do they fit in the car? I don't. Know. It's, it's a pretty funny. Car it's do a pickup like truck. A you just throw them like, in there. Yeah. They up. just they just weld another part of a car back onto their car and start dragging <laughs> it around. They got a trailer that's actually trailer. another bed of another pickup of truck. truck. <laughs> it's not actually a trailer. It's just another pickup truck bed with wheels. Awesome. They just keep putting putting kids in there. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> That face that Jess is making, she looks like a little girl who just ate something funny. <laughs> I wish I did. Bit of beer face. No, um, she just had like a funny little O face. That's because she farted and she <laughs> helped put it in here. No. 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 Uh, so anyway, um, so anyway, th- it's it's tough when you put games like that against each other, um, because I think a lot of people probably don't know what some of those games are, like Stone Age is one of the best resource games out there. It's really easy to learn. It's very simple, but it's Ooh, really fun. Ooh, that Wingspan game is supposed to be really good, too. Yeah, but, but they put it against Monopoly, Monopoly. so it's going to lose. This Wingspan game is like a game that you play with like actual like bird spotting. And just to, just so you guys know, Bree hates board games for the most part. They're, I don't hate board games. I don't like... 
too too much strategy to be involved. I don't like trying to figure out how to fuck over the other person. That's, I just want to play. That's why board games are fun. So anyway, <laughs> this I mean it is really cool, and most of these games are good games. There aren't very many that are just horrible, shitty games. Um, Except for life, apparently. But yeah, life is a dumb game. It's it's like playing shoots and fucking ladders. All right, life <laughs> requires zero skill. You just spin a thing, and you just there's no decision what about points. About Candyland. Same oh, thing. Candyland, too. Candyland has more decision points. What than about fucking life. Sorry? Sorry has more decision points. <laughs> hey, we have Mono- we have a we have Monopoly from when I was a kid, so it's like and Clue from when I was a kid, so it's like the 1980s versions. But it's I mean this is just a cool thing to participate in and to watch, and and there's you know as as it's kind of gone on, and it's now in the final four. Hey, babe, we have life over there. So we have in, in the final four we have. Risk versus Monopoly. So that will be interesting. I'm pretty sure Monopoly is probably just going to fuck Risk hardcore. Because it's just... A lot of people know of Risk, but think Risk takes too long and is too complicated. They're just Yeah, because Monopoly is so easy and is a short game. Exactly. Uh, most people play Monopoly incorrectly, by the way. Little known fact. If you read the actual rules, there's a lot of shit that people don't do when you play. My parents and I were never able to get through a whole game of Monopoly. So, for instance, a rule that most people play uh, or don't play is if you don't buy a property you land on it, it goes up for auction. So everyone gets to bid on it, including you, uh, if you don't buy it when you land on it. Most people just leave it there until someone else lands on it. Just so you know, another another little trick. There's other stuff like that, like free parking doesn't give you shit. Most people play with a house rule that gives you all the money in the middle from fines and stuff. You get nothing in free parking. It's just a place that doesn't cost you money. So anyway, the other half of the final four is Ticket to Ride, which is a pretty cool game that I don't think. Uh, I don't know how many people played it. It, it did get picked up by a mass producer uh, and produced, and is, you can buy it at like Target. Um, so maybe a lot of people have seen it, but you basically build a fucking railroad, <laughs> which actually, interestingly enough, kind of ties into our famous Utah. Uh, and then apples <laughs> to apples. And I apples to apples. Apples to apples, if you haven't played it, is a family-friendly version of uh, Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I don't know which came first. I think apples to apples did. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, it's been it's, a while. It's the it's the, it beat chess. Yeah, it beat uh, Splendor and Power Grid, two games that most people probably don't even know what the hell they are. Um, Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler is a good game. That's a fun <laughs> game. Um, uh, yeah, it's a fun game. Um, anyway, so those are those are your final four. So check out KSL. I'll give them props for this. Uh, to see who wins. Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be apples to apples against Monopoly. Uh, I think apples to apples should win. And I hope it wins. It's a more current game. But when you're talking about best game of all time, I mean, look, Monopoly Monopoly is Monopoly. Monopoly has fucking oh, how many things for Monopoly? I also know, I only recognize the box in my house. And and like almost everyone knows how to play Monopoly. God, man, Plus, has Monopoly been around since like the 30s? Yeah, I mean it was it was born out of like at the end of the Great Depression or something. Yeah. So it's uh it's been around for a long long time. Are you gonna look up apples to apples versus uh how long are you gonna look up Monopoly? How long Monopoly's been around? While she's googling that, so my cousins and I um use the app Marco Polo, and we have been doing our own brackets. <laughs> There's four of us <laughs> that do it. Mm-hmm. What and, brackets have you been doing? 
So our first bracket was movie theater candy. So we each submitted four. Oh, that's a good one. Four things. Um, and um, one of my choices won, which was nachos. Um, With the jalapenos, the way you put them in. Any, well, I originally said pork nachos because those are my favorite. But That's good yes, nachos right there. But actually, Brie, I did mention that. The regular nachos with the jalapenos and the cheese. I like that you remembered that. Um, that's because you taught Sean how to do it. And now she won't eat them any other way. Um, anyway, so our new bracket started last night. And it's um, um, handsome marble men. <laughs> no, but it's good. Like we're the only like really like ooh, fancy men that made it were Chris Evans, um, Tom Hiddleston, um, and Robert Downey Jr. Of like the main characters, all of the rest of them are like. Not, I'm glad that like, Chris Hemsworth didn't make it because he's okay, but I don't think he's that great speaking of chris hemsworth i watched one of my favorite movies of all time uh, the other day um because now that i'm working from home i can have movies on in the background mm-hmm. i watched uh, cabin in the woods which oh, is yeah. one of the best I, movies ever made it's fantastic and i did not realize how many fucking super famous actors are in that really young chris hemsworth is in it uh the guy that plays uh the guys in like the first 20 minutes doesn't he no he's one of the later deaths he's the one that smashes into the wall on the bike on the motorcycle yeah yeah <laughs> um the dude, that, the dude that plays jackson on uh gray's anatomy uh is is the he, one of the now he's that is an attractive man um and the i don't remember who the chick was she was someone else too. i don't, know. I don't are, remember who the chick was she was someone else there's a lot of fucking famous actors that were really young in that movie okay uh, well, so monopoly was first uh, uh, patented in 1904, but they believe it existed as early as 1902. Jesus, that is wow. fucking cool. It was called The Landlord's Game. Yeah, and Apples to Apples was like 12 years before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Against humanity. That's, I was pretty sure. So just to give you an idea of our very first bracket in this breakdown, um, it was, I, it was Zachary Levi versus Paul Bettany. <laughs> <laughs> Zachary Levi won, right? So the one that we're doing, yeah, Zachary won. The one we're doing right now is Ben Kingsley versus uh, Lee Pace. So it's like, it's deep dive into Marvel, handsome men. Ben Kingsley was my choice, by the way. <laughs> Does it surprise you if I told you I don't know who those people are? No, it doesn't surprise me. Because I, I know who Zachary Levi is because I fucking loved geek, the Geek Show. What the hell was the name of it? Um... I want to say Geek Squad, but it was modeled after Geek Squad, where he was the fucking secret agent guy, because he had his friend, like his roommate's brain downloaded into him or something. I don't remember. <laughs> I really like that show. Yeah, he was Shazam as well. I uh, really like Zachary Levi. He's just a good dude. Okay, so Paul Bettany was Vision. Oh, okay. And, and he was the AI for for Iron Man. Yeah, he's um, Vision. Yes. Um... Ben Kingsley has been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> he's 76, by the way. <laughs> um, he was He's the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. I was going to say he played uh, the Mandarin, right? Yeah, that name sounded familiar, yeah. Yes. And then... Not um, attractive, by the way. Sorry. I don't know how he's one of the handsome ones. I like Ben Kingsley. Um, who was the other one that I said that you said you didn't know? Ben Kingsley versus... I don't, I don't even remember already. 
Anyway, uh, so that's what we're doing. So, so how do you guys decide who wins? Who creates the bracket, bracket and, and who? How so do you decide we who? each we each submit four, and then my cousin um, puts them in a weird order and then puts it into an app and it organizes them. However, apps do that, <laughs> and then we just we just talk about it. And then if we have a tie, then we have an outside source that we call up and say, okay, who would you pick? So, by the way, the movie challenge, the food treat challenge was popcorn versus nachos. That was the final bracket. And nachos and what, Good, because popcorn sucks. Oh. I love popcorn. Popcorn's delicious. No, popcorn sucks. Nachos are far superior, but nachos at the movie theater suck, so it doesn't really matter. <gasps> you haven't had Megaplex nachos. Their pork nachos are amazing. I have had the old Mayan nachos. They're good. They're not as good as the quesadillas. <laughs> that's that's where they came from. The anyway, Mayan created those. So you can create your own fun brackets. That the is- Mayans or just the Mayan? The Mayan. The <laughs> restaurant. There was a the total Mayan copy people. of <laughs> created the, nachos. The copy of Casa Bonita that Larry H. Miller ripped off and then failed at. So. Uh, okay, um, so now we're going to talk about our famous Utah. Uh So every month, so last year we did Infamous Utah, where we focused on really bad, fucked up people from Utah or that had ties to Utah. We decided that that was a little downtrodden, um, and we might do some of those interspersed because they're still famous, um, but we wanted to do nicer people. Uh, and so we've done... Um, Oh, go ahead. Martha Hughes Cannon, uh, and I don't remember the other lady, uh, Sarah something or other, uh, last Sarah month. Can. <laughs> yeah, and then who, uh, Philo T. Farnsworth, the oh, creator gosh. of the television, super smart. Oh my gosh, dude, uh, we're only January. three months into this, you guys. It feels like a lifetime. I know, and there's so many, like, Bree and I were just looking through, like, <laughs> holy crap, there's this, these people that we could do, and this person. <sighs> but, but we decided, um, for this month that we would do George and Dolores Eccles, uh, the Eccles family. Uh, and, um, I, I think Jeremy said it best because when we were talking about this, I'm like, well, cause like their names fucking everywhere. And I don't think a lot of people know who they are, but like there's the Eccles Theater, there's the George and Dolores Eccles Performing Arts Center, and there's the George and Dolores S. Eccles Library. And, and there's Eccles this, there's an Eccles building business, on every campus. Eccles, yeah. yeah, Eccles Business at the U. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch David of Eccles business. The, and, and it's their name is all over the place. And I think that something's lost. And who are these people? And where did they come from? Uh, because they are Utahns through and through. And now, and they're. I mean, the the story is really cool. And I had no idea how fucking big this family is. Um, so we wanted to do them. And Jeremy said, "Well, we should talk about the whole family and kind of the history and where their money came from." Um, and I said, so okay. we're going to do that, but kind of focus on um, the the chain of family that um, actually is really not shitty. Well, not shitty necessarily, <laughs> but just but they they Chris and I were talking about this on the way back home tonight from from picking up Phoebe and, and getting dog food and stuff. And basically, um, these guys are are how our society should work if we if what the Republicans say will happen actually happened, which is the people who who make the most money turn around and use it to better the community. It doesn't happen very often. It happens more than you think it does, 
but it doesn't happen often enough to actually make that kind of a society work the way that the Republicans say that it will work. Um, but these guys are a great example of just, you still have all your money and you still get to do all these cool things, but you've given back to the community in a way that these guys have been giving back to the community for over 200 years. And they came over from another country. Um, the, the LDS church gave them $327, uh, $327 loan to come over from another country. So yeah, let's, let's start there. So what was the, the guy's name? David Eccles. No, David David Eccles was the son. No, right. David Eccles, well, that's true, that's true. He was 13 years old when he came he over. He was 14. Yeah, so what was um, his dad's name again? I can't remember. Like, William, right there. William and Sarah Hutchinson Eccles. Yeah, there you go. So they were from Glasgow. Um, no, he was Paisley. from... Paisley. Paisley, Scotland. Yes, yes. She well, was. but she was that's Irish. So they, they moved from England on what Bree said was a $327 loan from the Mormon church. So they are... Yeah, they're they're Scottish. The surname is Scottish. The Eccles surname. She's Irish though. Um, yeah. Well, her name doesn't count because she's a woman. <laughs> it's only about the men in this time. Um, and True. you know, you have your ex-husband's name and and are gonna change it to your like grandfather's name or something. Yes. <laughs> when we get married, not even take my name because. Well, I'm gonna hyphenate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brenda, Brenda Birch sounds weird. To me. That did not happen in the 1800s when they flew flew over. They sailed over. Uh, they they took Sail. a boat, took yeah. a boat to the Atlantic, and then they made their way from the East Coast uh, all the way out to Utah, halfway Three, across the country. Three hundred and and, <laughs> and this is the 1800s. Like this is still like early pioneer settlement times for for Utah. Uh, and so they they come across. Uh, well, and he was he was almost blind from cataracts, and so that's why they decided to come here. They were very poor. They had seven children. Um, they came here with the help of the LDS Church to see if uh, they could do any better here. And boy, did they do better! So he was here, and he was a woodworker, and he's like half blind. Uh, and his son David Eccles, even as a kid, was like, hey. We need to make money for the family. Let me sell dad's shit. Yeah, <laughs> so, so he's, he's. It says he was good with the lathe, so I'm guessing he's making table legs and they made, stuff like so that. William made spools, and I don't know what the kids end up starting to make, but. But yeah, making all kinds of the woodworking stuff, and and David Eccles, which is really where the 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 gumption and stuff comes into play. So. This is back in a time where the American dream was was an actual thing. Right? You could attain it. You go to America, you work hard, you bust your chops, you can make it. You can make it big. And David Eccles did that. So after his dad passed away, um, William he, was his father's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William, William. After William passed away, David Eccles um, really gets into business. So he marries this woman, Bertha Marie Jensen. Uh, and in, she was in Oregon, right? Originally mm-hmm. it was where he married her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was working. Well, cause in- the family moved to Oregon for a short time and then came back again. Yeah. And he had moved back to Oregon. Um, he married her, uh, and he was working logging companies and, and stuff like that. Very industrious kind of guy. Um, and then, Basically, over the course of his life, so he ends up marrying another woman, Ellen Stoddard, and she always stayed in Utah. Um, between the two of them, he had 21 children. 
<laughs> so, they, and so they married when polygamy was legal. Uh, yeah, so he, he marries his first wife, polygamy is legal. He marries his second wife, it's still legal. But within about five or six years of his second marriage, it becomes illegal. So they separated, and the one family lives in uh, Logan, the other family lives in Ogden, and he goes back and forth between the two families for basically his whole life. But he mostly really likes Ellen. You, you, yeah, you got to tell that the based on like the the kids and how the kids acted. So you never hear about the Ogden Eccles. <laughs> There, there's, there's, how many kids was it there? So there uh, were, that was 12, uh, 12 that family, from that family, from Bertha that lived in Ogden. Um, you don't hear about them. And, <laughs> you know, we'll talk a little bit more about David and, and, and talk about why you don't hear from them. But, um, the other nine from Ellen, not only do you hear about them because that's where George came from and some of the others that we'll talk about, but they all basically took up dad's mantle. And well, became, and they got less money. So, so he, Let, when he dies, no, we're not, we're not going okay. there yet. We're way before death because okay. we want to talk about the passing of this fortune. But my point is, they clearly got more of his time, or at least listened to him more, because they kind of, they learned from dad, especially the oldest uh, of the siblings. Um, which was Mariner, right? <clears throat> Mariner was mm-hmm. the oldest. George was the third oldest, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yes. and when he died, Mariner was only like 21 or something, I think. He was he's still pretty young by all accounts. Um, and he died suddenly. But before he died. He died at 63, though. Yeah. But like. It was very sudden. But 63, like that's still. Yeah. In the, in the 1900s, yeah. early 1900s. Yeah. He was running for a train because he didn't want to pay for a taxi. So, um, so anyway, so as he's married to these two women, he starts doing stuff. He's He is basically buying up land in Oregon, uh, running logging industries. Um, he's like early on, he buys a lumber mill, uh, locally in Utah, I think in the Ogden area. Um, and he's just amassing all so of these companies. He, he had a sugar factory, banks, railroad lines, coal mining companies, lumber yards, and an opera house to be specific. Yeah. yeah, like like crazy how many companies he had. Hey, how many did he have? It was like 64, 50. I think. At the time 56. of his death, 54. 54. 54 at the time of his death. There may have been others that came and went, but 54 at the time of his death. That's 54 that he owned, and he was on the boards of way more than that, like on the boards of a lot of banks and trust companies and stuff like that. Long, you know, outside of those 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 54, the 54 were the ones he he completely right. owned. And then and, those were in Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, and Oregon. So not uh, just here in Utah, all over the Intermountain region. Um, and then when he passed away, so this is in 1912, like Bree said, he was running to catch a train so he wouldn't pay for a taxi. <laughs> and, and he and he suddenly passes, and because he didn't plan on passing... Because he's only in his early 60s and in fine health. He, he didn't make any provisions, and so the state stepped in, and and because they didn't recognize his marriage to Ellen, his, uh, his 12 kids from Bertha each basically get about a million bucks. And then the nine other kids get about two hundred and twenty thousand. So they basically split it. Um, five sevenths of the so five million go to Bertha, two million goes to Ellen's kids. Yeah. So even though Bertha's got twelve and Ellen's got nine, the split is very uneven because that second marriage isn't recognized at his death. 
And the, uh, the Bertha family burns through their money in no time flat. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Well, when so your name is Bertha, you can't help it. The Bertha family, those 12 <laughs> kids, they, they got an obscene amount of money. Now, this is this is 1912 money, $7 million. Like when a million is still a big amount now. Like, it, think about it back then. It, it's unbelievable how much money this, this truly is. When he died, do you have that quote pulled up that you read about when he died, when, when David died? Uh, I don't. So he I was. Can, I think I can probably find it. He was so prolific uh, in the area that when he passed away, um, because he was involved in so many things and he was he was really good to his employees and his, his people loved him. Um, when when he passed away, uh, they lowered flags at half mass. They there Mast. was. That's what half I said. Half staff or half mast? Well, I'm at full mast right now. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they basically had a, a moment of silence like factories, the railroad. So railroads cars. shut down. Uh, cars, street, like street cars and everything all shut down for to, five minutes. To like honor him in a moment of silence. Like mm. in 1912. That's crazy, right? That's how prolific this guy was. So, but he leaves five of the seven million to. I mean, that's how it got divvied up. We don't hear about those Eccles. None of those Eccles are the ones that we're going to talk about today. I don't know what the fuck their thing was. I don't know if Daddy didn't love them very much. Like, <laughs> so this maybe, is how much, maybe they were ugly. Time out. How much did you say that was that he left? What? Not total. It was $7 million, right? And what so did se- he split it to? So $7 million. He didn't split it. The state of Utah did. So $5, so five went, went to, to the, Bertha. To the 12 kids. And then two went to the other nine, which basically equated to about $220,000 a piece for those other nine kids, which still... So my point being, inflation today, that $5 million would be um, $133 million. Yeah. So between 12 people, but still, that's a lot of fucking money that they just burned through. They right. just, they're not, there's not, and I don't know, they might still have it, but they're certainly not notable like the rest of the Eccles. And I'm sure there's some weird, like, like Hatfield McCoy kind of shit going on between them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just speculating. But, so $220,000 in 1912 is still no joke. Like that's still millionaire level money at this point, right? So it's not like his, his nine kids in the Logan area from, from Ellen, you know, really went wanting, but they were very different. So Mariner, so when his dad passed away, Mariner basically just straight up took up the family mantle. Um, and he really took George under his wing um, and to the point where they, in 1924, got together with the Browning family, another famous Utah family that we, we will probably talk about at some point uh, in, in the oh, yeah. Ogden area. And they, fil- they formed the Eccles Browning Affiliated Banks. So basically, uh, within the next couple of years, like three years, they acquired control of banks in seven locations in Utah, Idaho, and Wyoming, um, and they created what what is now First Security Bank was then the First Security Corporation. Um, now this is a big deal, so they're heavy in the banking industry in the the mid twenties into the late twenties. So what happens in 1930? The crash. The Great Depression. Depression. And and when that happened, this is this is um this is interesting. So I, I grabbed this quote. I don't remember who I pulled this one from, but on the first day of the bank runs, this is talking about Mariner. Um, on the first day of bank runs, so back in the 30s when everything crashed, everyone ran. Everybody to the ran bank. to the bank to get their money. And this is before federal insurance on money at banks. Everyone ran to the bank, pulled all their money out. Money was worth basically nothing, and they were afraid that banks weren't going to be able to hold on to it. 
So they pulled all their money out and really just helped destroy the economy completely. And on the first day of bank runs, he told his tellers to give out money as slowly as possible and not deny customers anything. The next day, he realized this might not work again, so he gave the money out as fast as possible. When people realized there weren't any problems with his banks, they turned around and got back in line to redeposit their money. That's fucking crazy because that is not what happened around the country. Well, so, he also said that no depositor lost one penny. Which, well, and none of his banks went under when 11,000 other banks went under. And so in amongst all this in the banking world, so this is just one little facet of their business, right, is the banking stuff. It turns out to probably be one of the most lucrative, but the federal the, the the federal government is asking for their help at this time because they're seeing these banks like survive in an era where banks are just completely collapsing. And he Mariner and George helped form the Federal Reserve. The, right, the President Roosevelt. President Roosevelt yeah. asks him personally to become the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and he served from nineteen thirty six to nineteen forty eight. In fact, the Federal Reserve headquarters uh, in Washington, D.C. is called the Mariner Eccles Building. His name's on the building of the Federal Reserve. That's how – and I had no idea that the Eccles were that impactful in, in the reserve. And again, this is Mariner and George. So the George Eccles we see on buildings is that George. So this is in the early 1900s. So um, this is William's son's son. Yeah, it's his grandson. Yeah. William's grandsons. Um, so – uh, and, and there's other stuff. So at the same time, George and Mariner are running all these other businesses too, right? So it's not just the 7 million they got left. It's these businesses, 54 businesses at the time of his death. Well, they didn't get 7 million. No, but I'm talking about his estate as a whole. Right. So there's all these businesses that have to be run and Mariner had already been involved in a lot of them. And I think he, he kind of maintained. So like I said, he just picked up where his old man left off. Um, and so, it's just the, the See, stuff between is crazy. 1870 and 1912, he established no less than 54 empires in the five western states of Canada. So that was the, yeah, the information just, we were. Just read some of the, the stuff there. And then I I didn't re- realize this that he was the lead uh, that the Utah Construction Company was the lead company that built the Hoover Dam. Oh, I didn't know that. And at the time, it was regarded as the largest company in the world. Uh, he employed more people than the government and probably had more money, they suspect. And then he sold that to GE, and they still, the Eccles family still holds shares in GE to this day. Yeah, and so George Eccles um, and, and Dolores, they were married for 15 years, or 15, 57 years. Lolly. Uh, and 48 of those while he was running for Security Corps. Uh, and First Security Corps was still, and still probably is, uh, on First South and Main, um, the second floor office was where he was at basically for most of his life. He just worked on Main Street in Utah. Um, and uh, they didn't. Th- this is where we start to get into what's so charitable. So they didn't have kids of their own, George and Dolores, right? So they adopted everyone else's kids. And basically any of their causes – they helped them out with. Um, they bought them books. They paid for stuff for them to be able to do educational stuff in healthcare and arts. Um, and it, we still see that today. The, the actual Eccles Theater on Main Street is yep. is the shadow of where his old office was. Like you could see it from his old office, basically. Um, but at one point, I think you have the quote there, Bree, um, where they decided to be philanthropists, basically. 
Uh, no, that's not a quote that I pulled up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm the one where they said they have any children of their own, so they adopted everyone no, else. No, the kids' no, causes, they've helped their decades. I literally just read that. Book. <laughs> just a small book. I literally just read that. There's the quote that you read about them um, saying, well, we have all this money. Let's uh, share it. Yeah, I don't so know where it is. Basically, what happened was at some point in time, the, the Eccles kids from Logan, uh, the Logan Eccles uh, is what we'll refer to them as, as they, they, they all have a bunch of money and they're like, hey, we've got all this money. We should do good with it. And so that's when basically they started setting up these charitable donations and these foundations. So one of the biggest ones in 1960 was the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation. There's a lot of them, but that's one of the biggest ones that started helping the, the universities, the colleges, the libraries. Yeah. And that's that's when it first was formed, basically, was in the 60s. Um, and at, at this point, so now those those foundations, so in told, those foundations, so the, the family foundations, um, this is like in 2017, the worth of those foundations is over $1.18 billion. That's the foundations, guys. That's not how much they make. That's not their corporations they're part of, um, their, their businesses and interests in real estate and stuff they own. That is just the, fa- that is the charitable foundations. So George and, and Dolores Eccles Foundation is the behemoth. That's the big one. Well, and in comparison, so these are probably maybe some other families that we'll talk about. Um, the Sorensen Legacy Foundation that was founded by James Lavoy Sorensen in 2007. So not as old. Um, and the Huntsman Foundation that was set up by John and Karen Huntsman in 1988 um, are not quite as big as just the George and Dolores Eccles Foundation. So that thing's been going that long and still is more than than these these families that the the main people that started them and, and funded the original amount. They're they're alive. They're still here and they're still working those foundations. They're the families just keep keep these going and keep keep contributing to them. And that's just that one foundation. That's not all of the other foundations for all of the other kids and grandkids and stuff that have started up. And none of these I don't think are any of the Ogden Eccles. And they're saying that <laughs> for every dollar that is um that's given out from a foundation in Utah every dollar of every six dollars that's given out in a foundation um can be traced back to some sort of Eccles foundation and basically back to William and his and him traveling over here on three hundred and sixty seven dollars from from the LDS church. So just uh, there's a huge list of, of, of places that they've donated just to list a few. The Utah Shakespearean Festival, most all of the colleges and universities. This is the place Heritage Park, Red Butte Garden, Tracy Aviary, the United Way, the Salvation Army, the University of Utah, Intermountain Healthcare, American Red Cross, Moran Eye Center. That's just a few of them that have They've received. They've given to Planned Parenthood, too, and Catholic Community Services. They've given to the... Um the Buddhist temple, I think. Yeah, they, they give to everyone, like, and not small amounts of money. I mean, sometimes it's a small amount of money. Sometimes it is small. And sometimes it's huge, and they have, you know, huge chunks of campuses. And, you know, learning about David Eccles, for example, makes a lot of sense why the University of Utah would name their school of business the David Eccles School of Business. 
because the dude was a, he was a genius. He was Utah's first multimillionaire, uh, which and when he did that is obscene. Like to think he loaned the church at one point in time. He loaned the church a ridiculous amount of money, like an insane amount of money at basically no interest uh, to help the church from from collapsing. And you know now the Mormon church is billions and billions of dollars, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Um, so like, yeah, Bree said the one in six, so 15 to 20% of the annual charitable foundation giving in Utah comes from an Eccles foundation. That's just, it's, it's mind boggling how (laughs) at some point, like there are other people that do it, right? Like, like the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, that is a humongous foundation. That's very similar in a lot of ways, but the Eccles in particular give so much money specifically to Utah, specifically to the community here where they, they basically spent their life. Um, but also a, a big portion of that, a big, big part of that is underserved people and arts. Um, that's, you see the theaters, that's a huge thing. Like they donate so much money to the arts. Well, uh, and I think it's really important to recognize that. And, and sorry if you said this, um, I was looking at something on our Instagram, but, in the Salt Lake Tribune, they did an article on them a few years ago, and they said, and the the primary children's CEO said donations like the Eccles changed the trajectory of healthcare across the state of Utah. Like that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's unreal. The the kinds of I, I like reading about all of the stuff that they have done is just it's flooring to see this family that literally came from nothing. From, from Scotland with zero money, they took a loan, they made it to America, and they, they built an empire out of nothing. Um, and they, they owned a couple railroads, like over the, the course of all of that, like absolutely insane to, to build all of that off the back of just entrepreneurial skill and hard work. I think something else that's really incredible besides that, think about how many years this has been going on and how easy it would be for one, one family member to mess it up. And it's been so important to their family to keep this going. And that to the Logan Eccles is just to the Logan Eccles. I don't think not the birth of Eccles. I, I was actually really curious and I, I don't think that any of the Ogden Eccles really do anything like that. I don't know. Like I had a hard time finding information on them. Like they kind of uh, yeah. just, I'm going to ask um, our friends over at Dead History if she knows anything because she um, has written a book um, about up in that area. And so I'll, I didn't even I just barely thought about that to ask her. So I'll check with her and, and report back. But just it's just it's like it's really humbling in a sense, because like Bree and I were talking about it. She kind of mentioned this, you know. In the, the, the weird, like, Republican, um, like, purest form of capitalism, the idea is that those that have will help society, that will create social programs so that the government doesn't have to do it, which is why the government can stay out of things. And I've said this many times, Utah is a shining example of how that can truly work between the church, between people like the Eccles, um, you know, we've got the Huntsmans, the Sorensons, they're philanthropists that give back to the communities that, that built them. That works well here. It's not the best. It's there's There's got to be other stuff in play. But in other places, that doesn't exist, right? Like in Oklahoma, who, who fucking donates to people in Oklahoma? 
that don't have any money. Oh, uh, on a side note, this is kind of interesting to me because I would like to know where these famous people are buried. Um, so they are in the Larkin Sunset Lawn Mortuary, which I didn't know was a mausoleum cemetery in Utah. I didn't interesting. know. Interesting. I didn't know. Yeah. The, the Larkins yeah. are Catholic. They're a Catholic. So, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Mortuary. So a lot of Catholics get buried through their mortuary. Yeah. I think that I just thought that was very interesting because they're that, like Utah really doesn't have a lot of mausoleums, so that's really cool. Yeah, so I don't know, you guys have anything else to say about the Eccles? I learned a lot. I mean, we've all heard of them, but it was kind of cool to do the research and find out really where the money came from and kind of how the legacy was built. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I remember when, when going to Dixie and having seen stuff at Southern Utah and then at Dixie that has the Eccles name on it, I, I turned to Bree at one point and I'm like, who the fuck are these Eccles? Like, what, like, like, what did they do? Like, how? Because I didn't know about them. I didn't know well, anything about them. We visited a lot of campuses with Kathy. Uh, not as many every, with Sean. Almost every campus in Utah. And the ones that we didn't visit with Kathy, we kind of visited with Sean. But every single campus, I believe, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure every campus in Utah has some sort of an Eccles building. Yeah. At least one. Which is just, it's really, it's, it's a really cool thing and, and i was talking to brie about that i'm like you know if, every, if if everyone that made a lot of money did that we'd be in a different world but if you think about a person like um donald trump is there a trump family foundation that does any kind of real philanthropy i don't think there is you know are there are there foundations from you know like oil barons and and people that own tons of mines like what's who's that fucking dude that owns a lot of the coal mines in utah robert whatever the fuck his name is he doesn't have any kind of charitable foundations other than IRS tax shelters, <laughs> right? Like he's not—he's not creating these centers. Like it is few and far between of of the of the very small number, the very low percentage of the super wealthy elite. There's an even smaller percentage of them that truly give back to their communities in a in a meaningful way. Like Bill and Melinda Gates can't give money away fast enough. Right, they they try. They they honestly try. They give away hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's just still there's tons of money to give away, and they just keep trying. So the other cool thing, and and I don't know any of these people personally, clearly, but as far as I am aware, you don't really hear anything bad about these people. I think that they just the Ogden Nichols. <laughs> I think <laughs> that, that they are. The the people that we're talking about that really give back the Eccles, the Huntsmans, the Sorensons, the you know the Gateses, not Jeremy because you know he has to support those four kids, but um, <laughs> but they they are kind people. Like they're they you don't hear that they're you know like the Kardashians or whatever. You don't hear this weird <laughs> crap, right? Like I think that in their heart of hearts they somehow have remembered to go back to, to William and, and who started their roots. And that's why they keep giving back to the community. And that's why they keep remembering to be kind and, and continue this philanthropy is because they know that their great, 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 great grandfather, whoever he is at this point came over here with absolutely nothing. And now they can help other people. Like how freaking awesome is that? Because when I get some extra money, I'm not usually thinking about how I can help somebody else. I'm usually like, okay, like if something bad happens, now I'm prepared for it, it which sucks. So it's nice that these people that have something 
for their own nest egg can take all of that excess and just share it with everybody. So also to be fair, I've been touching my face like a million times during the show. We don't care. We are using, by the way, guys, we are using our own microphones. So Jeremy, even though I'm in your spot, I have been sitting in my own chair with my own I microphone. I did rub my butt on your microphone. I don't know if <laughs> COVID-19 passes that way, but I'm going to try. My butt is on the phone. My butt is on the and phone. I put my armpit on yours, Jess. I just like rubbed it like up in my armpit. And like it used to be cat hair on my mic. What is on my nose? I think because the cat comes up and sticks his nose all over the microphones yeah, while we're not he in walks here. Around like the air seat. pit pubes. Air <laughs> pit pubes. I mean, I, I'm not. You making it sound like I'm doing this podcast with my shirts off. My I have shirts. I have two shirts on. I have the undershirt. Um, Bree forgot to do the calendar, and she's changing it for Jeremy. I'm, well, because he's not here, but tomorrow, wait, tomorrow starts April, meaning Wednesday. Nope, we're skipping that day. No. You just fucking move right past it. No, because it. I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to okay. say it's sourdough bread day, which is one of my most favorite oh. breads. Also, I can't believe any day that's on that day, so that's why I want you to skip it. <laughs> but Thursday is burrito day, ferret day. Oh. That would be April 2nd, by the way, Thursday. Wait, yes. did you see yeah. ferret, ferret Day? Ferret. ferret. Like, ferret. Like, oh. the, the, like the little weaselly kind of... Yeah. Like, yeah. Peanut butter and jelly day and reconciliation day. But if you're going to reconcile with someone, stay six to ten feet away, please. Yeah, I think that's something different. <laughs> Friday is chocolate mousse day, film score day, find a Ooh. rainbow day. Oh, Jess, that's your day. You are always finding rainbows. Okay. Tweet okay. day. And World Party Day, again, people, no world parties. Yeah, Everybody's no, saying canceled. Party in your bedroom. We canceled World Party Day. Can you just cross that one out here? <laughs> <laughs> world what? Party Day has been shut down. Okay, well, get ready because you're going to have to cross out another one. So Saturday is Chicken Court on Blue Day, but I it's know already. What we're having for dinner. But it's already Hug a News Person Day. Don't <laughs> hug a don't news hug person. Don't hug Ben Winslow. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. Wait. <laughs> wave wave at a news person day. Um, it's also Jeep 4x4 day. Love our children day, in a, in a which way. is what Jeremy and oh. I do every day. <laughs> so don't love your children in a secret way. <laughs> no, just a regular just a normal way. way. Not Catholic children love. No. School, school <laughs> librarian day. Vitamin C day. And this is a weird one. Walk around things day. That's probably good. Walk around everyone. Don't get near people. Yes. So Sunday the 5th. The calendar would be so much fun with COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So the 5th is caramel day. Deep dish pizza day. All right. Now we're having for dinner. This is like, look, you can just do menu planning because there's almost a food on every (laughs) day. So you can totally do your menu planning. It's education and sharing day. Flash drive day. Go for broke day. Flash drive? What the fuck? Flash drive day? Check out my flash drives. So go for broke day, I think, is when you run and hug and kiss as many people as you can. Don't do that, though. Like Naruto run through IMC. Nebraska day, raisin and spice bar day. Read a roadmap day. So deep dish pizza and then raisin and spice bars for dessert. Okay, so Sunday, you made your caramel, then Monday is caramel popcorn day. So yeah. Monday, you melt your caramel that you made on Sunday over your popcorn. Yeah. It's also New Beer's Eve, which yes. I have no idea what that is. It's what? New Beer's Eve. Yeah, that's so what I said. I New mean, Beer's Eve. Uh, it sounded like bears. New beer. beer. Like drink bears. Yes. So I guess Beer Day is the seventh. Uh, I don't know. So Sorry Charlie yes, Day. Yes, it is. I'm looking at Student it. Student Athlete Day and Tartan, Tartan Day and Teflon Day. 
So cook your dinner in tough Guys, one. there is a story behind New Beer's Eve. Do you want to hear it really quick? Yes, because it Beer Day in, is the 7th. No, it started in 1933. That's how long it's been around. Yeah, where all this President, time. President Roosevelt decided that the that beer, the frothy brew, should uh, fro- flow freely in taverns and bars of the country. So that huh. is when... That oh. is when so on so beer day, you also have coffee cake that's, day. That's when prohibition ended. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, that's prohibition. So, so yeah! we need to have, So next week, I expect you oh. both to be drinking booze when we have. Yeah, because Jess is so known for that, and and Jeremy's wife would really, really. Jeremy, you need to have a beer while we do this show next week. So coffee cake is one of my favorite cakes. I really like coffee cake. That's not a cake. Um, coffee cake too. Whatever. Girl, me two day. Uh, Girl, me too. I know, that's right? That's not, that's not Girl, hashtag me too, me too, by the way, guys. That's yeah. not hashtag me too. It's Girl, Girl me too. Me too. <laughs> um, With this day, come on now. It's handmade day. Ooh, the 7th, we are not allowed to do housework. It is no housework day. Oh, uh, okay. And then what's what's SAM day of action? S-A-A-M? What's that? What's SAM? Students against awkward men. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that, that makes honestly Students Against Awkward Men kind of fits. Just it saying. does. You're right. Yeah. I shouldn't make light of that. We, we should talk about that next week um, because okay. that is on Tuesday next week. Student, well, make note student of that. awkward awareness, awkward awareness of men. We, I don't know. A student awareness of awkward men. That would be so you and Jeremy. Sexual that assault was awareness, awareness week. Uh, does someone want to put that on the show notes for next week? I, I got it. I, Okay, thanks, Jess. Uh, your computer is I, my computer. Right I just now. don't want to forget, and as soon as I walk out of this room, I'll have done the editing for this and forgotten everything else. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, hopefully, we didn't talk too much about uh, coronavirus. Um, COVID 19, people. Yeah, coronavirus! Coronavirus! Okay, now, if you hadn't said it twice, we would have been fine. Coronavirus! One, this is not like Beetlejuice. It's already here. That's like how Cardi B said it. Have you not heard the, that drop, that like uh, Cardi B coronavirus thing? So I'll pull it up. But. So X96 has had a doctor on that they've kind of been talking to, and they and people were asking about when their college kids come home from from school and being careful and stuff. I I'm going down to get mine, and I'm going to visit my other one, and I don't care. I'm giving them hugs because I haven't seen them for so long. So so I'll, I'll definitely stay stay away from you guys just in case their teenagerness has developed. COVID-19 and they have no symptoms or something because they're all like healthy and cute. Uh, let me see if I can get the sound clip. Oh my gosh. Chris is going to play Car- a Cardi B song. What is this? It's Cardi B. Cardi B. Wait, hold on. Totally oh, oh, I think that it's not. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> she makes me laugh every She's time. She's screaming that? Uh-huh. Why? I'm sorry. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, like that soundbite has gone completely viral because she's insane. Um, so anyway, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, uh, if you like what you heard or you don't, I don't really give a shit. Just share our episode. It's, it's the way that helps us. You should comment about it too. Actually, if you share the episode because you don't like it, 
it hurts us a lot. You should really, really <laughs> do it because you want to show how awful things are. Um, uh, thanks again to not our guest, but the Eccles um, for being awesome. And uh, we hope you, that Eccles is listening right now at an, a Logan Eccles because the Ogden Eccles didn't do anything with their million. No. And watch one of the Logan Eccles is going to send me a message and be like, actually, the Ogden Eccles are really good people. Look at all the stuff that they've done under different names. It was mostly daughters. And, oh, shit. I'm going to feel horrible. Well, no, even the Logan Eccles, there's a lot of daughters, but they use Eccles in their part as yeah, part of their name. The, the, the Logans versus the Ogdens is just, it's a feud as old as <laughs> 1912. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so, uh, follow us on Facebook, the new Utah podcast, the uh, Twitter and Instagram at TNU podcast, the new Utah.com is our website. It's a great place to go find, uh, all sorts of shit. Um, probably like Jess will make a, a like a political cartoon of the Logan. This is Nichols like the cutest place Nichols. that Jess froze. Like most so. people freeze with like their, like a, this dumb look on their face, but it's like this cute little you laughy face. You should take face. a picture of it. I was thinking about it. I think her laptop might have actually died. Um, and so that's why we're, we're frozen. So you should send that to her. Um, to. so I guess since Jess is gone, um, uh, I'll try to fix my sound for next week. Yeah. I, I think that's going to do it for us for the week. So thanks for listening. Um, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, and, um, do what you can for others. <laughs>